Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Please enter your password, then press pound. Please enter your password, then press pound. Unfortunately, the system cannot process your entries. Please try again later. Goodbye. Not as worthy. He's worthy. God is. He's worthy. Oh, our God is worthy. He's worthy. God is good to me. Jesus Christ. I am Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center Church, Kinston, North Carolina, USA. And I'd like to welcome you all once again to another edition of Teaching the Word, where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's people all over the world. God is 
children of God, we do greet each of you once again in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, our strength, our redeemer, our very present help in times of trouble. We thank God for who he is and all that he is doing to us, through us, and for us. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we are working on our most recent topic entitled, First Seek Counsel of the Lord, one of the most important habits that you will ever develop, the habit of first seeking counsel of the Lord. Every problem that has ever been known to man, that will ever be known to man, has come in the result of not either not first seeking counsel of the Lord or, number two, not following the counsel of the Lord. I encourage you and beseech you today that both of these attributes will become a part of your character going forth in your life. Seek counsel of the Lord. It will keep unnecessary hurt, harm, and uh, um, problems out of your life. Not that we won't suffer because, you know, we still must suffer some things because of our great ancestor Adam's sin, but the unnecessary uh, problems in our life will be eliminated as we seek counsel of the Lord and as we yield to that counsel. Uh, we looked at capital A in our outline, wisdom in a king. Very important for those in positions of leadership to, uh, to have wisdom. Understand that those of us who are in positions of leadership will be judged more strictly. The Bible lets us to know that to whom much is given, much is expected. If you are leading others, it is imperative that you have wisdom so that you will not lead others uh, astray or down the wrong path. First Kings 22 and 5, First Samuel chapter 30 and verse 8. And it brings us on down to capital B in our outline today. Loved ones. Loved ones. I have to be very, very careful with loved ones because this is a group that the adversary will use uh, if they're not careful to get to you and I. The adversary will use Loved ones. He did it with Adam in the garden. The serpent had been around with Adam in the garden for a long time. 
But it wasn't until that woman was created, that woman whom Adam loved, that the adversary immediately went to work on her in order to get to the man. Be mindful of the loved ones in your life. We looked earlier today at Ezra chapter 10, verse 3, and we're going to look at Matthew chapter 10, verse 36. You are going to be blessed in Jesus' name. We pray. Matthew chapter 10, verse 36, from the New International Version. Our scripture reads, A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Capital B, loved ones. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, again, we thank you today, Father, another beautiful day you have so graciously allowed us to see. We give you glory, honor, and praise. We pray, Father, that you will speak in our hearts and our minds this afternoon. Give us wisdom. Give us knowledge, understanding. Give us revelation. Give us insight. Open our hearts and our minds as you open the word for us that we may understand you, your good, pleasing, and perfect will, all the better. This is our prayer. We count it done in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Capital B, loved ones. Loved ones. One of the things the scripture tells us, God instructs us not to be ignorant concerning the enemy's devices. When you are ignorant of your enemy's devices, that gives his devices even more power when you are ignorant. You didn't know that your enemy could do that. Well, if you didn't know that your enemy could do that, then you're probably not going to be prepared for that. If you didn't know that your enemy could do that, you probably won't expect that from your enemy. So God tells us not to be ignorant concerning the enemy's devices. Well, if you don't know that the adversary will use your loved ones to get to you, then that's a device of the evil one that you are ignorant of. He will beat you to death with that. All right. One of the things is using as an example in professional sports, when a player gets traded to another team, one of the first things any wise coach would do, I know I would do it if I was receiving players coming in from some of my rivals, tell me, what, what, tell me what, what, everything you can about your former team. Tell me what kind of signals are being used. Tell me what they like to do on third down. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. See. So that we can use that against them. Well, you need to understand the adversary, he, he knows what God loves. He's going to attack that. He knows what God wants. He's going to try to stop you from doing that. He knows where God wants you to be. He's going to try to keep you from being there. Jesus here, as he sends out 
the 12. He assures them, but he also warns them. Jesus said something in verse 34 that almost sounds like a contradiction because we know of Jesus as the prince of what? Peace. But Jesus comes in verse 34 and says, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn. And then he goes on to tell us just what it is he has come to turn. Now, now it sounds like a contradiction. Jesus, Prince of Peace. Now, how are you going to say he didn't come to bring peace? But what Jesus is trying to let us to know is that he is fully aware of this, the war that Satan kicked off. Remember, it was Satan that kicked off the war in heaven. Always keep that in mind. It wasn't God. Had Satan done like he was supposed to, or Lucifer, had he done like he was supposed to do, had those third of the angels done like they were supposed to, there wouldn't have been any war. You say, Apostle, what you got in there? Had Adam not sinned in the See, God always got to get slapped first. God is the one that always be getting slapped first. It's always us that have done something to God. It is always us that have sinned against him. It is always angels. It is always or demons or, or, or the devil. It is always, it's always. And this is why God tells us as his children that when we get slapped on one cheek to turn the other cheek, God said, because I'm used to getting slapped like that. God said, now, I'm not always going to be slapped like that, and you're not always going to be slapped like that. But God says, in this generation, in this dispensation, somebody slap you on the cheek, God said, turn the other cheek. Now, that's what the words say. Because that's how God is. Humanity slapped God on the cheek. Demons slapped God on the cheek. The devil slapped God on the cheek. Now, God knew he could tear everybody up. He could tear everybody a new iron part if he chose to, but God be just like, you know, okay. Okay, you got me. You got me with that one. Oh, okay, that was a good one. Jesus slapped on the cheek. Okay. Knew full well all he had to do was speak and would have brought his enemies to a cease and desist. All he had to do was say the word. Same. Don't you know that if somebody can say the word to raise somebody from the dead, that somebody can say the word to send somebody to the dead? All Jesus had to do was say, you die. And quit, and quit making that noise. So understand that with God, it's not that he doesn't take mess because he's scared. He doesn't take mess because, you know, he's impotent or afraid or indecisive. He takes mess because he wants you saved. He really wants you saved. He really do. He wants you and I say. He said, do not suppose. He said, look, if you suppose that I come to bring peace between my children and the children of the devil, you're wrong. Don't suppose that I have come to bring peace between angels and demons. He said, you're wrong. Don't suppose that I come to bring peace between God and Satan, because if you do, you're wrong. See, we can suppose wrong. And this is why God don't want us supposing. He wants us to know. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. I have come to turn a man against his father. Now, if daddy's wrong, he's wrong. If son is wrong, he's wrong. I come to turn a daughter against a mother. If a daughter's wrong, she's wrong. If, a, if the mother's wrong, she's wrong. See, some of us go by that old adage, the blood is thicker than water. That's a good way to get yourself a one-way ticket to hell. That's why I go to hell with your wrong kinsmen. 
Go to where, go to mess around, go to hell with your wrong brother or your wrong sister. No, no, no. Righteousness is thicker than water. Try that one. I'm with you, brother, as long as you're right. I'm with your sister, as long as you're right. I'm with your husband. I'm with your wife. I'm with your son. I'm with your daughter, as long as you're right. But once you step out from under the umbrella of righteousness, then you get wet on your own. Righteousness. We talked earlier today about the Levites. We didn't go much into what they did, but when Moses said, whoever's for the Lord, come to me, Levites rallied to him. Moses said, each one of you put a sword on your side and go throughout the camp, killing everybody that didn't come, whether it be your mama, your father, your sister, your brother, your uncle, and the Levites did it. I can see, I can see sons hollering, Daddy, it's me. I don't care about that mess. You should have came with me. I can see, I can see uh, 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 fathers hollering, Son, it's me. Well, you should have came, came over here. When the call was made, nobody want to hear that. Now what you, what you is is without a head, daddy. Mom, mama's hollering, son, I'm the one that gave birth. You should have, you couldn't hear them. Nah, take that. You must have been here. You must have been here. You should have came when the man of God made the call. If not, you got to go. The way we show uh, love for God. It's by showing a love for righteousness, a love for truth. Or above and beyond any human relations. Love for righteousness, love, love the truth, love the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, I come to turn a man against his father. Why? Because a man might be right and father might be wrong. Well, daddy, we, we, we're going in different directions. Daughter against her mother. Well, daughter might be right. Mother may be wrong. We got a good, we got a, we got a split. Daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Daughter-in-law might be right. Mother-in-law might be just as crazy as a $3 bill. Watch yourself. Don't nobody do nobody do that. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. See, this is where God will test a whole lot of your love for him, right in your household. Why? Because God said, I know you love them. Oh, them on the outside, yeah, yeah. but I know you love them. Let me see how will you stand for me. Let me see if you're going to do like I say do when it comes to them. Members of his own household, those God said, let me check this, how much, how much undying love you have for me, right when it comes down to your son, your daughter, your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, your cousin, your girl. Let me see. Now, Jesus, let me explain this thing to you very good now in case, you, in case you're not clear on just what I'm driving at here. Let me make it real plain for you. Anyone who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or his daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Now, we got, we got, we got three different levels here of stuff that have to be done. That, and if they're not done, they'll disqualify you. Strong love between uh, that a parent, the average parent, you know, that an that individual's going to have for their father and mother. That's normally a very strong love. These are the people that without them, you wouldn't be here. Normally it's a strong love. Jesus said, let mine be stronger. Normally it's a strong love for son or daughter. These are, you know, these are little little parts of you that are now 
you know, God done breathed into them the breath of life and given them a soul. Now they're little parts of you running around, strong love. God said, let your love for me be stronger. And in taking up your cross, taking up your cross. In other words, the, the, the destined suffering that each one of us has to experience. There's some destined suffering. There's some suffering that you and I are going to have to experience just by being uh, members of God's holy family, just by being in the earth. God says you got to take up your cross and you got to follow him. It's one thing to follow somebody when there's no cross. It's another thing when somebody say, all right, now let me put this, uh, let me put this 50-pound bag on your, on your shoulders and follow me now. Oh, man, somebody say follow me, then, you know, everything, you ain't got nothing on but some shorts and a T-shirt, okay, no, no problem. But let's see you do that same following with this 50 pounds on your shoulders, with this cross, with this cross, which is symbolic of discomfort, which is symbolic of, of something that, that really you really don't like, something that really, really bothers you. See, the, the, when you think about the cross of Jesus, see, most of us think about the wooden cross. But a lot of us don't realize, and the Lord is just dealing with me, that part of Jesus' cross was looking at a creation that was rebelling against him, looking at a creation that he longed to save and that he longed to, to, to share the good news of God and how to keep from being sent to hell. That was a cross too. Crosses can be physical. Crosses can be spiritual. Crosses can be mental. What? Just like we are spirit, soul, and body crosses can be in any one of those three realms spiritual crosses when jesus was praying and he was praying so intent that that sweat was dropping off him like drops of blood that was a spiritual cross he hadn't got hung on anything yet he hadn't got hung on any physical cross yet that was a spiritual cross that was deep down in his innermost being then he talked about his soul being in anguish well, that's a solical cross. When your thoughts and your, 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 your imaginations and what's running through your mind is, is difficult for you to deal with, and then we all know about the physical cross. Most of us think about the physical cross. Oh, he had nails in his hands. He had nails in his feet. Jesus had been experiencing crosses long before the physical cross. Just like salvation works, it, it starts on the inside and works its way out, crosses will start on the inside and work their way to the outside. There's a cross for you in the spiritual realm. There's a cross for, for you know, I mean, God said, Robert, share with them one of your crosses. One of my crosses is knowing full well what God has said and still watching so many of you all that I'm trying to preach to and teach to every day still act like, I ain't no big deal. I, we keep right on. That's a cross for me. Because I'm like, Lord, what, what, are, what are these people thinking about? Don't they realize what, how much, how serious things is and what's online? It's a cross. That's a cross. That's one of my crosses. Got to, got to bear it. Got to bear it. I'm like, Lord, why, why wouldn't, you know, why wouldn't this place be filled up? Why wouldn't this place, this little, this little place, be filled up? I'm telling him just what you say. I'm like, hey, Robert, what did I tell you about this generation? What did I tell you, men, men and women, would be like? I know it was a cross for Noah for 120 years. He knew what was coming. 
He knew what was coming. God done told him what's coming. No, I'm trying to tell people, look, get right. Y'all need to get right. There's some terrible stuff getting ready to come. Oh, people like, get out here. No, nobody's trying to, trying to hear that stuff you're talking about. They're all building that great big old whatever you're building. Get on somewhere. It's a cross for righteous men and women when they're trying to convince a bunch of wicked jokers to do what God wants. That's a cross. That's a cross. Jeremiah had to experience a cross. Elijah had to experience a cross. Ezekiel had to experience a cross. It's a cross. Make no mistake. Jesus lamented over Jerusalem. He lamented, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who stoned the prophets and slay those who've been sent to you. How I have longed to gather you as a chick gathers, a, 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 a hen gathers the chicks. But Jesus said, you unwilling. That was a cross. That's painful. Peoples, y'all out there under the sound of my voice, your eternal soul is on the line. And some of you just acting like, oh, ain't no big deal, ain't no big deal. Well, one, one beautiful thing about Christianity is that I'm hearing the Lord say that, that there'll be a day when there won't be no more crosses. There'll be a day when there won't be, won't be no more crosses. Won't be no more day when I'm going to have to be doing a whole bunch of praying for y'all. Won't be no more day when I'll have to be anguished in my, in my heart behind y'all uh, uh, not taking the things of God very seriously. That, that day is that day going to come to an end, and I thank God for that. I thank God for that. But right now, God said, Robert, you got to take up your cross now. God said, I know you don't like it. God said, Robert, look, the same way you don't like your cross, I didn't like my cross. God said, Robert, the same way you don't like your crosses, I didn't like my crosses. Well, whoever finds his life. In other words, you you trying to spend a whole lot of time uh, with your life and, and what's important to you and what you want to do and where you want to go, you're going to mess around and lose. Whoever finds his life will lose. You'll mess around and lose eternal life. What this is talking about, you spend a whole lot of time with your life, your life, your life. It's about what I want, what I think, what I feel, what I... God said you're going to lose eternal life. But the scripture says whoever loses his life. In other words, you say, look, Lord, here I am as a living sacrifice. Never mind what I want to do. Never mind where I want to be. Never mind where I want to go. What you say. Whoever lays down his life or loses his life, for the kingdom's sake, will find it or find eternal life. Jesus said, look, if they receive you, he who receives you, receive me. Now, God said, Robert, what you upset about? A whole lot of these same ones that don't want to receive you, they don't want to all look at my word. How many times do you ever catch them looking at my word? Nah, not too much. So if they, if they, God said, Robert, look, if they don't want to hear what I got to say, and I sent you out to tell them what I got to say. What makes you don't think they want to hear what you got to say? All right, Lord, okay. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives the one who sent me. Anyone, I says now here it is. Anyone who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. Now, this is something I had to share to some of you all out there, some of you faithful contributors and, and supporters of the ministry. You need to understand that if you are supporting this, this ministry and this move of God and this, this work of God and, and, and supporting me as a prophet, the, the prophet's reward, you're going to get to. Look, what does the Bible say now? We don't, have to go, we don't have to be supposing. Jesus told us earlier about supposing. Anyone who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And anyone who receives a righteous man, watch this, 
because he is a righteous man. Thank God he didn't say perfect. Do we have to shut it down around here? Anyone who receives a righteous man, because he is a righteous man, will receive a righteous man's reward. How you receive, how you support those that God has sent out will determine the level of blessings that God has for you. In this life and in the life to come. How you receive, how you, how you support, how you accept. Bible says, and if anyone gives, how do you give to the righteous, the righteous man or the righteous woman that God has sent your way? How do you, he gives. We're talking about water here, but it's a lot deeper than water. It can go a lot deeper than water. Anyone who gives, even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, because he's my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. Your gifts to the work of God, your gifts to men and women of God, your gifts to the, to the church, you will not lose your reward. Don't let the adversary fool you. Don't let the adversary trick you up. He's not going to lose your reward. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. We thank God that he said, a righteous man. Prophet. Prophet, one who's speaking for God. Righteous man, one who is diligently and sincerely trying to do this thing like God says. And one of these little ones who is a, because he's my disciple or learned one. See, we learn it. We learn it. I tell you the truth. He will certainly not lose his reward. Loved ones. You see here? Jesus letting us know. Loved ones got to be put in the right place. Because if loved ones ain't put in the right place, they'll be in the wrong place. Anything that's not put in the right place, it's in the wrong place. Underwear not meant to be hanging from the, the ceiling fan. Dirty underwear hanging from the ceiling fan. They just going round and round. You every now and then you smell something, then it be all right. Then you smell something. What kind of foolishness is this, you know? Them underwear, I'm up there, put them in the thing. Underwear all up under the bed. What is that? Who's that? Whose stuff is that? If it's not in place, it's out of place. Everything. Come home from work. Wife done throw the car into the living room. Sitting up in there looking shell shot. I, I just don't know. It, the car is not, the car don't go here. Anything that's not in place is out of place. In your life, in your marriage. In your finances, in your ministry, in your closet, in your drawer, in your, your dresser drawer. If it's not in place, it's out of place. God is an in place God, decent and in order. Put that where it belongs. Put that where it belongs in your life. I'm sure there's a place for cocaine. Yeah, now, don't get me wrong. There's a place for cocaine. It's doing just fine growing right out there in them fields. Ain't bothering me, and I ain't bothering it. But now I'm all over there harvesting it. I'm all over there cooking it up, chopping it up. I'm all over there getting it in the powder form. Now I'm all over there with a straw in my nose. So about now, see, cocaine won't bother nobody. Cocaine won't bother no soul. Cocaine didn't come over here and jump in my nose. Alcohol don't come and jump in my in your mouth out there. Some of you all, I'm struggling with alcohol. Uh, alcohol is a problem. No, it ain't. You the problem. That alcohol did not come and jump in your mouth. If it did, show me that alcohol. We we gotta we make some money off it. You the problem. I'm the problem. 
Whatever our vice, we the problem. We the problem. Talking about cigarettes, cigarettes kill. No, the cigarettes ain't kill. It's people going to buy them and put a stick them in their mouth and light fire and inhale. It's you killing you, not cigarettes. Not the cigarette. I ain't never seen. I listen. I've been around for a lot of almost a lot of years. I ain't seen a cigarette come jump in my mouth, light itself, and and smoke itself. <laughs> I ain't seen no alcohol come jump in my. We the problem. Guns, guns kill people. No, no. The gun. I ain't seen a gun just start firing. I'm waiting to see the gun. Just I'm waiting to see get the report on on Yahoo. I'm waiting to get a report on nightly news that a gun just went into the mall and just started firing itself at people. Or bomb just put itself together and went and exploded. People is the problem. Always have been and will be until God straightened it up. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, help us. Help us to quit being the problem. Help us to be part of the solution and less a part of the problem. We give you glory, honor, and praise. We trust, Father, that as we do these things, as we study to show ourselves approved unto you, you reveal to us that we the problem, and that since we the problem, we need to to uh, to fix ourselves through and by faith and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We can make uh, things better, not only in our lives but in the environment that we have been placed. We appreciate you, Father, for everything you've shared with us, and we trust that we're going to do better. In Jesus' mighty and glorious name, we pray. Amen and amen. Three questions here. Three types of crosses, quickly. Number two, come on. Three types of crosses, children of God. Who's always? Okay, 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 good. Uh, who who always gets, when it, when it comes down to, you know, um, uh, I, I want to word it word it well, but who always is the one that gets attacked first or gets slapped first, as one saying put it? Question three, what we got? Come on. What is Why does God, that's a good question, why does God take mess from us, from demons, from the devil, from wicked men? Why does, why, why? What is the end? What is God's end game? Or what is God trying to want to happen? All right. Thanks, you can reach us through email at the Church at gmail.com. Check out our website at www.rchurch.com backslash member backslash backslash TCCC. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe, Streetcast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 a.m. 7 p.m. daily. On talks, you call 724-444-7444 and try D17959. On streetcast, type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christian Search Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our talks you homepage. God bless you in heaven, smiling you in Jesus' name. Amen.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.